you know, it's funny because originally I didn't, ex- I didn't know what would happen. You know, I thought, okay, I'm going to try to create something here and I, I have to create something because what's there is just not good enough. Um, so I thought, let me put it out there and see what happens. And I honestly figured that for the first year or so, I would be getting feedback and iterating to improve the product. I was kind of just blown away and I think got lucky with my early formulas that the feedback was positive right away and that everyone was saying, oh my God, it works like better than anything else out there. Welcome to the Wear Wag Repeat Podcast. I'm Tori Mystic. As a dog mom lifestyle expert, blogger, and business owner, I love talking to other women in the pet industry and sharing their advice with you every week. Sit, stay, and listen to the latest episode. In this episode, I'm talking to Julie Napolitano about her affordable luxury dog skincare brand, Puplax. She shares her inspiration behind creating an all-natural, non-toxic paw balm and how she sets her product apart with high-end packaging that delights the senses. Julie and I also talk about the tech side of starting your own pet brand, like email opt-ins and digital downloads designed to educate customers. If you want to learn more about Pup Wax and maybe even win your own jar of this beautiful product, please come over to Instagram this week because we are doing a big Valentine's Day giveaway. Just check out Wear Wag Repeat or Tea Mystic on Instagram and you can enter to win Pup Wax and nine other really awesome, unique pet products. That giveaway is going on this week so that we can get you your goodies in time for Valentine's Day. All right, now on to the episode. Julie Napolitano founded Pup Wax in 2019 while fostering a bigador named Tuxedo. While searching for a paw balm for Tux, Julie discovered that ingredients in some of the existing dog balms and moisturizers raised a lot of red flags for her. Pup Wax is a dog-centric, affordable luxury brand that improves dog health from the outside in. Julie uses clean, non-toxic ingredients to create healthy, safe, and effective all-natural skincare for dogs. Julie lives in Chappaqua, New York, and recently added two rescue dogs to her family, Rusty and Coco. Hey, Julie. Hi, Tori. Thanks for having me. So right off the bat, I have a couple of questions for you. (laughs) Sure. What is a Vigador? A Vigador is a Beagle Labrador mix. Um, So he was a foster. So that was actually really their best guess. Um, But he definitely had the personality, you know, always nose to the ground, but just super playful and sweet and amazing. That would be an interesting combination. Like very, very food motivated, probably. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I mean, it's funny, he came to us as an adult. So we didn't go through the puppy phase. um, And he was just he was such a mush. He was always lovey dovey on the couch. Um, But yeah, you know, we so we, uh, when I first started taking him out, I realized his paws got dry very quickly. 
And, you know, I started looking at products out there before I buy anything, you know, that comes into my house, whether it's for me or for my kids or my family or the dogs. Um, I check the ingredients and I have to know exactly what's in there. Why is it in there? Where is it from? What's it going to do? Um, and I started looking at the paw bombs and I just saw that there were no ingredients. I mean, no products out there where I was actually comfortable with the whole mix. Um, and I thought, you know, maybe there's an opportunity here and I think I can create something better. Yeah, I, I love that that you're so into the ingredients. Um, this is something that you know, a passion that's been growing for me over the past several years. Like probably ten years ago, I discovered that um, I had a, a kind of allergic or bad reaction to any kind of like sulfate. And all, and what happened to me mostly was most toothpastes have a lot of sodium lauryl sulfate. It's like a foaming agent, and I was mm-hmm. getting like a red rash ring like around my lips all the time from this toothpaste and there's now there's more options but at the time there was like one toothpaste that didn't have this SLS Mm -hmm. in it Um, and now you see stuff all the time that's like sulfate free paraben free but 10 years ago nothing was marketed that way Um, and it's kind of it's it's kind of something that's that's been growing and um, I think thinking about the ingredients we put on our bodies is just as important as the ingredients that we put in our bodies. And same goes for our dogs, too. Right. And it's it's really interesting because, I mean, certainly, you know, there are a lot of organic products for human care, for our hair, for our skin. Um, and there is a lot of organic dog food now. I think there are a lot of really healthy treat options. Um, but I think when we're thinking about what we put onto our dogs. Um, it doesn't, it hasn't really gotten that same level of attention yet, which is kind of ironic because dog skin is actually much thinner than human skin. That layer is about a third as thick. So it is actually more vulnerable to absorbing toxins from the environment than we are. So if we're getting dry skin or itchy in the winter, um, you know, the poor pups, we see it when it, you know, really starts to affect their paws, um, or their noses, but, um, they're, they're usually that much more susceptible. That's so interesting. So um, did you know this about dog skin prior to starting Pup Wax? Or have you learned all of this kind of as you develop the product? No, I had absolutely no idea. Um, So, you know, when I was researching and looking for products for Tux, for Tuxedo, um, I was, you know, looking at not just what was out there, but also researching like what is actually okay and what should I be looking for? Because in the beginning, I had absolutely no idea. Um, And the way I went about my research was just literally um, pulling up my old university library database access and putting in every ingredient um, individually because the products themselves don't have clinical research, but then the actual individual ingredients may. Um, so that was how I went about it. Um, and so through that process, I learned a lot <laughs> about dogs and dog health and the anatomy. Um, and it's been a massive education for me as well. Was there anything in, your, in all of your research that was really surprising to you? Um, I mean, actually, that for that fact that we were just talking about how thin their skin is, I had absolutely no idea because dogs are just, I mean, they're running around outside. They're, you know, basically barefoot. They're in their paws, mostly not wearing booties. Um, the, the pads get very tough, um, but overall, you know, and they have these often thick fur coats, but 
that doesn't mean that they're protected against um, the the products that we put on them. And I think part of it is just that they didn't evolve that way because in nature there are no lotions and creams and things to moisturize them. Um, so that was very interesting to me to learn how vulnerable they are and how important it really is um, really from the outside in to think about everything that goes onto their bodies um, just the way we do with the products that we buy for ourselves. Yeah, it, I think it's very interesting. Um so another another thing that always fascinates me whenever I'm interviewing people on this show is, you know, what made you take the jump between researching all of this stuff and saying to yourself, I, I would imagine like, oh, I could make my own to then saying I should make a company and a product and sell this to other people. How did you make that jump? Um, sure. So, you know, it's funny because originally I didn't expect. I didn't know what would happen. You know, I thought, okay, I'm going to try to create something here and I, I have to create something because what's there is just not good enough. Um, and I guess it's kind of like if you're cooking and you have this recipe that really nailed it, then maybe you start to take it out to the farmer's market and you start to get feedback. Um, so I thought, let me put it out there and see what happens. And I honestly figured that for the first year or so, I would be getting feedback and iterating to improve the product. I was kind of just blown away and I think got lucky with my early formulas that the feedback was positive right away. And that everyone was saying, oh my God, it works like better than anything else out there. Um, that, that wasn't what I expected. And I thought, okay, I, I think that this can work. So I left my corporate job in March and, um, you know, until last March, I was kind of wearing both hats and doing this all night in the middle of the night, then getting up at seven to go to work. Um, and since March, it's just been pup wax full time and really pouring all of my energy into it. I love that. Um, and I think it's interesting that you point out, you know, if you have a great recipe, you would take it to the farmer's market. I, most people would not do that. <laughs> most people would just keep <laughs> making it for their families. <laughs> so good, you yeah, have an funny. entrepreneurial, you know, you know, so, something running through you that is very entrepreneurial. Um, and, and I think that's kind of, that's what sets everyone apart from just like making it for their own dogs. Mm -hmm. So, so that's really cool. Yeah. Um, and another thing that really sets you apart is the branding and the packaging for your paw wax. I have never seen such beautiful packaging for a paw wax or a, a paw balm or, a, you know, a dog, you know, a dog product. Usually a lot of things are, um, you know, very, especially since your products are natural, Mm -hmm. Um, you would think they would kind of have like a crunchy granola kind of vibe and a, and a lot of similar products do, um, which is fine, which is great. But you decided to go with this like glossy black and gold, like beautiful packaging. So talk a little bit about why you decided to go that direction. Sure. Um, so, you know, right off the bat, because of the ingredients I was using, I knew that I would not be able to create a product that's competing on price. Um, it's really the value that you're getting because you're getting much higher quality ingredients than the other products out there. Um, you know, even the few paw bombs that had that didn't have anything toxic or where, okay, the ingredients were okay. There were a lot of filler ingredients. So, um, anything ranging from something maybe neutral to something maybe like olive oil that yes, it's great, um, ingested, but topically it's, it doesn't have the same benefits as, for example, coconut oil, um, that we know about. So, um, I knew right away I wouldn't be able to compete on price. And yes, you know, I want it to be clear that's because you're getting something that's high quality. Um, also I knew early on, I didn't want to use 
um, plastic packaging. It was important to me, one, because the chemicals from plastic, from the plasticizers, they leach into the products over time, um, especially if there's any exposure to extreme temperatures. Um, and so I knew, okay, I want to have glass packaging. Um, and that alone, I think, is very unique um, for pet care goods. I haven't actually seen any others that are doing that. Um, but then that complicates everything else, all the other packaging decisions, because you have to protect the glass from breaking. And <laughs> it just opens all other um, set of concerns in how you're getting it from A to B, um, you know, it weighs more. So shipping is a little more challenging. Um, so I wanted to look for, I wanted to create packaging that really just um, conveys that same, those same values that I have, which is this is a high quality product. Um, it's different. I wanted my customers to feel like it's special. It's something that is a gift because it's really promoting the gift of improving your dog's health, kind of the best gift that you can give. So I've always thought of it as like, this is a gift. This is high value. Um, and that's, that's kind of how it came about. And, and it does come like a gift. You generously sent me, um, a sample of your new vegan, um, tell me again what it's, it's called. It's the paw wax vegan, vegan pro. pro. It's okay. And so you sent that over for Bert and Lucy to try out, which they're really enjoying. Um, but I was like, I was blown away when I opened up the shipping box inside is a beautiful um, black box that is fastened with a ribbon and has a magnetic closure. And you open it and inside is this beautiful um, crinkle paper. And then you have your glass jar inside of that. So um, it, you know, it is, it, it's elaborate packaging. It's really, it is like a gift. It is, it is. And it's, it's supposed to be fun. I mean, the magnetic closure is for us. It's just, you know, it's like that click when you open an Apple box. Um, it's just fun to unbox something that has that little click. Um, and then the crinkled paper, you know, I, I was thinking of, that's actually more of a, um, kind of the sound component that I was thinking of, like what makes it fun for the pup. Um, usually when you're opening it, they come over right away because they hear the crinkling or mine have always just gone nuts about crinkling and unpackaging things. <laughs> so I thought, okay, let me see how I can play around with all of these elements and just create a fun unboxing experience too. Oh, I, I love how you thought of all those details. Um, it, it was a great experience, but I, you know, opening it myself, I never thought about like the sound and like the feel of the magnet. Um, but it, it mm -hmm. is really fun. And also, you know, since you're so, um, you know, into being eco-friendly and, and sustainable, the box is really reusable for a lot of things too. Right, right. Yes. And the glass jars as well. Um, it's my hope to come out with a reuse program where um, at some point I'm shipping just the product and then you can refill the glass jars to reuse them later. Oh, that's really neat. Yeah. I think that's yeah. something that's also kind of lagging in the pet industry is the refillable, reusable Mm -hmm. packaging. Right, exactly. So um, I'm all, it's, it's really important to me um, to, to continue to bring that sustainability to any of the innovation in the products and how I package going forward. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really beautiful. Um, are you, are you still making the product yourself or do you, um, work with any partners to create it? Yes. So it's funny, you know, just before the pandemic hit, um, in the middle of March, I had the first meeting set up with a packaging facility. Um, and that meeting ended up getting tabled. We pushed it back a few weeks and then a few weeks more. And now, unfortunately, um, it's 2021 and we're still here. So I'm not, um, none of the production is outsourced. 
Well, that's nice that you can still keep up with production since you do know how to make it all yourself and <laughs> you weren't affected by COVID in that way. Right, right. So yeah, thank God for my family, um, you know, with their help, but it's it just goes into the wee hours of the night sometimes. Well, that's how you know it's a passion project and um, and that you're really excited about it still, which is good. Um, so I want to transition a little bit and talk about your your marketing and your website um, because your website has a lot of things going on. Um, you know, you have product descriptions that are really great and detailed. But what I love is you also have a lot of educational resources. Um, you have blog posts and you also have something called the Ultimate Ingredient Safety Guide. Mm-hmm. Um, and as a as someone who's obsessed with online marketing, I I noticed that you have this set up as an email opt-in incentive. Mm -hmm. So people have to enter their email address in order to get this um, ultimate ingredient safety guide. So um, talk to us a little bit about that because I know um, there's a lot of people who haven't haven't yet put an opt-in like that on their website. And um, it's it's such a great way to get people on your list. So um, right. tell us a little bit about that. Sure. So it's, it's actually a funny story. Um, I added that as an opt-in fairly recently. Um, so I have under my About Us section, I always talked about the ingredients. And then I only recently learned about a tool called Hotjar, which provides heat maps and recordings. And you can actually understand how users are interacting with your site. And I realized no one is actually looking at all of this ingredient information that I put out there. So I've always really valued um, transparency and being very open with what's in the product. Um, most or many brands are not doing that. Um, so I thought, you know, I want to be very clear. And um, I was always happy to share the research that I've done in the past. Um, I try not to to make any statements that don't hold up scientifically. Um, you know, I'm very deliberate in the language. And so I put all of this effort into the ingredients page and then realized nobody's looking at it. I confirmed <laughs> Google Analytics and really it gets almost no traffic. So I thought, okay, I've put so much work into the research. I think for consumers, um, whether they buy pup wax or not, I would love for everyone to learn what I've learned about ingredient safety when we're shopping for dog care products. So I thought, how can I get this more um, and more front and center for them? So originally, um, a couple of months ago, I started testing with putting, creating that file and putting it near the top of my homepage. But still, many people don't scroll scroll below the fold. <laughs> so all of these lessons that you learn in online marketing, I was watching the heat maps and no one was getting there. So I thought, okay, what else can I do? So that's actually how it ended up um, becoming part of my um, lead magnet process. The opt-in email as a pop-up now when you come to the page, um, I actually wasn't thinking, you know, what would make someone most likely to sign up for the list? I was just thinking, how can I make sure people are getting this information? Um, and and that's that's how it ended up there. <laughs> that's cool. So how, okay, tell us a little bit about like, how did you make this guide? Is it a, a PDF guide? Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, so it's, uh, it started off conceptually as a checklist, I wanted to provide something easy that's a downloadable that um, customers can print out when they're shopping for dog care products for their dog. Um, But then as I gathered and put together all of the information that I already had around ingredients and ingredient safety, and was formatting it, it just 
got to, it evolved into more than a checklist and it's almost more of a guide and a checklist. Um, and I wanted to share a little bit about my story as well. Um, so it's, it's, I think four pages or so long now and it's a downloadable PDF. So if you opt in to receive my emails, you'll be kept up to date on, you know, any sort of, um, new research that I put out or not research. I'm not a scientist, but just as a dog mom and, um, petpreneur, just the, the information that I share, the tips for pup care, um, you know, and then of course promotional aspects like sales or anything else. Um, so as you sign up for those emails, then now the current process is that you will then receive a link to this guide in your inbox and then you can open the PDF and print it or save it or bookmark it. Awesome. And and what service do you use for your emails, like to get that incentive to people and everything? Um, so I use a combination of um, Privy and lead pages and campaign monitor. So my email marketing goes through campaign monitor. And for the opt-ins, they're coming either from Privy or lead pages. I recently discovered that lead pages just makes it so much easier to um, distribute lead met like digital assets um, a little yeah. bit easier than I found with Privy. Yeah. Lead pages is like specifically designed <laughs> for that. <Yeah>. So <laughs> it, it makes it, it does make it easy. Um, I've, I've played around with Privy a little bit too. I think I use it on my e-commerce Well, cause your site's an e-commerce store, obviously. Mm-hmm. So um, I think I, I use that on my shop. Um, but on my blog, I, I, I don't use Privy. So um, it's kind of, you have to hobble together a bunch of different options. <laughs> right, right. Um, and then I'm I'm putting out a, a new ebook soon. And I was actually looking at ConvertKit the last couple of days because I think that they make that very seamless as well. Yeah. Well, ConvertKit is actually the email service that I use. Um, mm-hmm. And so they do all, all the pop-up, pop-ups and the sign-up forms on my blog are through ConvertKit. Um, and I really like it. It, it has like so many capabilities, um, for, for setting up, you know, you can do a landing page, you can just do a form, you can do a pop-up and it's, it is easy to send out PDFs and, and incentives and stuff to people. Right. Mm -hmm. So talk about your new ebook. Um, this is really, really cool. What's your new ebook about? Yes. Um, so the, the working title is from best friend to boss puppy. Um, our top 10 ideas for making your dog your business partner. Um, still kind of finagling the title, but that's kind of where it is now. Um, and it's, it's really just, um, it's an ebook slash guide, um, slash workbook to really help, um, aspiring petrepreneurs understand the different ways that they can go into business, um, with their dog. So remotely working from home, um, you know, for the next, for the foreseeable future, I think that's yes. kind of the only way <laughs> to go about it. Um, so yeah, if I start um, in the introduction with really understanding your strengths and your weaknesses, there are some tables to help you kind of chart and assess those. And then um, some goal setting information, um, talking through smart goals, and then just really going into the, the 10 ideas. So, you know, ranging from blogging with your dog to creating stock photos, um, starting uh, creating how-to videos. So just a a bunch of different ideas. And then for each of those really going through um, and kind of walking you through with the actual support, the kind of worksheets, the budgeting that you might want to think about and resources. Oh, wow. That sounds like a really great resource. So that'll be up on your website, um, maybe by the time this interview is out. Yes. Yes. 
Absolutely. So everyone will have to go check that out because I know um, as petpreneurs, we're always looking for fresh ideas. And, and especially in the last year, we've all learned you have to pivot. <laughs> so maybe maybe there will be some ideas in Julie's book of how you can kind of pivot a little bit and, um, you know, make make some extra income with your dog. And it's, it's also just, it's interesting because we're all working very hard. We're sometimes so deep into the day to day that we don't realize how easily we might be able to kind of use a lot of what we're doing already and apply that in a new area or a new way. Um, and it's just, it's really cool to see what others are doing as well. Um, so I tried to share some of that. Yeah. Cool. I can't wait to check it out. Um, so speaking of, you know, working alongside your dog and all of the perks that come along with that. Talk a little bit about like your life as a dog mom. You know, we've been talking about your business, but, um, you know, what's your daily routine with, with your two dogs? Um, and, and, and what are your dogs like? What do they enjoy to do? Yes. Um, so they're both still puppies. Um, Rusty is nine months old and we got him in May and Coco is only six months old. We got her in October. Um, and you know, my husband and I had said we're going to wait until Rusty's one or two before we get a second dog. Um, because I'd done a lot of research and digging. And then I found Coco online and I said, okay, we'll just, we'll foster her. <laughs> but I kind of knew where this was going. Famous that last lasted, word. <laughs> <laughs> that lasted about a week. Um, literally within a week, my husband agreed to let me make the appointment to have her microchipped. And I talked to the rescue and this was happening. Um, so <laughs> life is chaos. You know, I really, I wish I could say we had a routine. I hear so much about how that is what dogs need, um, especially young dogs, um, how they, you know, they, they just do better with a structured routine. And um, unfortunately, <laughs> that's not my reality. So well, with day puppies, to day, it's, it's difficult to have any kind of consistency because you just never know what's going to happen. Yeah. Yeah. Um, definitely. So, so day to day, you know, we, I'm lucky in that they don't get up so early. We go for our first walk between 9.30 and 10.30, which is really nice because I'm still doing so much of the work at night. Um, so we're outside for the last time around midnight. Um, so in, in our yard, we have a fairly large um, property and it's, it's uh, I mean, not our property, but it's kind of, it's adjacent to the woods and um, no one's out at that hour. So they're able to really run around off leash. And I know there's never any traffic because there's no through traffic. Um, so, so they're kind of night owls with me and then they sleep in a little bit while I get the kids out the door. And during the day, um, it really just ends up depending on when I have calls or when I have to get orders out. And I kind of, I feel like I'm darting back to them every chance I get. And I constantly feel guilty because it feels like it's never enough. Um, and I, you know, there's, there's no routine, um, but it's whatever moments I can squeeze in with them. You well, know, it sounds like day. you do have a rough routine, even if you feel like you don't <laughs> listening to it, it sounds like you do kind of have a rough routine. Um, but I know it, it is, it's hard. Some, in some ways it's nice to be home with the dogs all the time. Cause you get to like be around them and they get to be around you, but mm -hmm. it's hard when you're like sitting on your computer three feet away from them and you can't really play with them at the same time as you're working. Um, so I totally get that guilt. 
Right. I mean, it's, it's great having the two of them because they play so much now. And, you know, for the first few months, we really had to chaperone every interaction because they were not the best of friends at first. Um, but now I can sit there with my laptop and they can just play and go wild, you know, three feet away from me and they're super happy, you know, so it feels like at least we're making progress. Like we're, we're able to, to, to just sit there and enjoy each other, even if, you know, I'm working and they're playing. Nice. And what kind of dogs are they? So Rusty is a, so he's 50% treeing walker coonhound. Um, and that, so one of his parents was full bred and the other half, um, they're not sure. So just kind of a mutt mix. Um, and Coco looks like I, I was told a red bone hound, I believe. Um, but, but she was found, um, she was found in, I think, like near a cabin actually in Mississippi. So just kind of with her sister at the time or who they are pretty sure was her sister, um, but just not in great shape. And there's no backstory for her. So we don't actually know anything about her, but she is like drop dead gorgeous. Just this precious little, um, she looks like if you crossed maybe a Ridgeback with a, um, with a, with a Vizsla or something. And I know that she, that they're both featured prominently on your Instagram. So um, (laughs) share with us where, where can everyone go online to, to learn about Pup Wax uh, um, and then also to meet Rusty and Coco? Sure. Um, so Pupwax, my, most of my energy online goes to, you know, of course the website at pupwax.com. Um, but also my Instagram. Um, so I'm on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, and Pinterest under the handle Pupwax. Um, but Instagram is where day to day you're going to get just kind of the real behind the scenes look at the chaos that is our life. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, so and the I last also saw weeks. you're doing some TikToks too. Oh, yes, yes. And TikTok as well. <laughs> trying, yeah. to, trying to stay up to date. It feels like there's a new platform every few weeks. Um, I just learned about Clubhouse, which is apparently the next thing to come out. Um, yes. But, yep. <laughs> always, there's always something new, but you, can, you always know you can find everyone on Instagram. So <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. everyone go find Julie. Say hi to her pups on Instagram uh, at Pupwax. And then also keep an eye out for for both of our Instagram accounts because we're doing a giveaway um, and you're going to have a chance to win some pup wax. So just look over on Instagram and, and find some details on that. So thank you so much, Julie, for being on the show. Thank you for having me. It's been such a pleasure and so much fun to be here. What did you like most about this episode? Find me on Instagram at teamistic and let me know what intrigued you or what questions you have about starting or growing your own dog-inspired business. You can also screenshot this episode and tag me in your stories. I love to see who is listening out there. Some of the best conversations happen after the episode, right? So track me down over on Instagram or join the Wear Wag Repeat Labs Facebook group to connect with other dog-obsessed entrepreneurs. And as always, you can find all the links and resources discussed in this episode at wearwagrepeat.com slash podcast. See you back here next week.